The following sermon is by James Solerick, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor James Solerick. I hope you're ready for our next conversation. Uh, we had a conversation about students, we had a conversation about kids. And now we're really glad to have uh, Linda here with us. Her and her family have been part of our church for several years. And, you know, just in the last couple weeks with the death of George Floyd and everything that has kind of been happening since that, uh, we felt as a church we wanted to speak into that situation knowing that we don't have all the answers, we don't know all the, the right things to say, but we felt like we needed to say something. And Linda... Uh, she is, she's a great person. Uh, she's a volunteer in our kids' ministry, in our student ministries. We love her. We love her family. And she has some great experiences that she can share with us today uh, to kind of, that we can learn from, to kind of speak some hope into what's going on uh, in our nation and in our local communities and even around the world. And so, but I thought we would start with the story of how you uh, accidentally started coming to this church. So so why don't you tell us that story? It's kind of funny, but it's a great story. So go ahead. Well, first of all, I like to say there's nothing such as an accident with yes. God. Yes, good, good. So my family and I had been praying for God to just just to where he wanted us to be. So a friend of mine um, invited us to a church, and all she said was, the church is in Edwardsburg, down the road. And okay, we're like, oh, okay. We never, she never mentioned the name of the church. So we came down Saturday, Sunday morning and um, walked in. And we asked for her. And um, it seemed like, I think we met Marisa, and Marisa didn't know her. <laughs> we asked for her son, and she didn't know her too. But um, when we, the first thing we noticed when we walked in was just... Um, that we were just welcomed and we just could feel the love. And uh, we proceeded and came in to the sanctuary and uh, my, my um, middle child went on to the fifth grade class at the time. So uh, when, after church, we, we walked into church and when we were sat down, um, we looked around for our friends and couldn't see them and I whispered to my oldest daughter Nombus and I said, I think we're in the wrong church. <laughs> so we laughed about it, uh. and uh, after church, my youngest daughter came to me, and she said to me, Mom, I have never begged you to take me to church, but please bring me back here. Oh, that's great. That's so great. So ever since we've been here. And yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. I love, I love it. it. I love mm -hmm. it. And so, yeah. So, and so thanks for sharing us a little about yourself, how you ended up at this church. Uh, not really accidentally, but mm -hmm. God knew all along. And mm -hmm. thanks for jumping right in and getting involved in service. And uh, you had a couple stories that you wanted to share with us in relation to, uh, you know, race and race relations and mm -hmm. things like that. And I think we can all, all learn from your story. So why don't you just go ahead and, and jump in with, with the first story there? Uh, so when my daughter Nambuso was in first grade, um, she came home one day and she told me, she said, Mom, uh, nobody wants to sit with me during lunch. So it just broke my heart. And I decided to reach out to the teacher and to talk to her. Um, so she told me that she hadn't noticed anything. So then um, she told me, she said, okay, um, I'll pay more attention. So later on, uh, Nombuso had started to make friends and the kids were sitting with her and she made a close friend 
one of our close friends. Oh, so, great, great. Yeah. So it just took you kind of speaking up for her, and yes. then the teacher just didn't notice yes. and kind of did some intentionality. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. And then even uh, something kind of similar happened with your mm -hmm. son, but even yeah. a little more direct. Mm -hmm. um, so share what happened with, with Patrick. So uh, Patrick was playing in the playground when he was in kindergarten, and um, he told me, he said, one of the kids said to him, I don't like brown. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, as a parent, you, you, you just feel, it just breaks your heart to yeah. hear that. Uh, so I went back to the, to the teacher, and I confronted her, and she told me, she said, oh, no, 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 that's not acceptable. So she talked to the kids, and she told them that all of us are different, all different shades, just like kind of really close, really close. but beautiful <laughs> in God's eyes, all made in his creation. Yeah. And now, as we speak, the boy actually begs for my son to go to his house to play. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So they're almost like best friends. So it was kind of like uh, kind of a, an educational mm -hmm. thing for the boy to realize mm -hmm. that, hey, we're all equal. Mm -hmm. We're all the same. We're I'm not better. Same. We're just different. Just different. And different is okay. It's, yeah. not, it's not right or wrong. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's yeah. great. And uh, so I appreciate you kind of standing up for your kids, too. Mm -hmm. And then was there one more story about some neighbors as well? Did you want to tell that story? Well, um, <laughs> when we moved to a, a neighborhood, um, yeah. I think our neighbors were afraid to approach us. Yeah. Yeah. So our, the mom to the lady, ca uh, like, approached us, and she said, uh, she approached us, she, she approached us, and she said hi, and the kids were able to meet each other. Then she told her daughter, she said, how come you didn't tell me that your neighbors have kids? Oh. So right now, as I speak, the, the neighbors actually moved from where we used to live and have followed us. Oh, wow. Boys are just best friends. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Well, yeah. I appreciate you sharing those stories. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so speak to the people out here who, uh, if, if you could say anything to them, mm -hmm. maybe they're, they're nervous about what to do or about mm -hmm. approaching someone. What... Uh, what lessons have you learned from your life experience, but mm -hmm. specifically uh, from those three stories, what lessons have you learned or what lessons could you tell us about, um, about kind of how to handle, mm -hmm. navigate what we're going through right now? Firstly, don't be afraid to approach people who are different from you, mm. whether it's with race, yeah. whether they're special needs. Yeah. Just try and reach out. And also, I think as parents, we need to teach our children that we may be different. And especially as Christians, yeah. we need to share the love of God regardless yeah. of where the person is from, how they look. We are to emulate Jesus mm -hmm. and every one of us. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And so a couple of things that I've heard this week and kind of heard through your story, you know, the importance mm -hmm. of, of listening to mm -hmm. others, the importance of, of education, of learning about mm -hmm. things or people that are different. And, and uh, I think something you said earlier, and we were talking before this, mm -hmm. um, you talked about proximity. Sometimes mm -hmm. when you get closer to something, like maybe it's not as, as different as it seemed, or it's not, it's not scary anymore exactly. because you got close to it. Exactly. And even the idea of empathy as well has mm -hmm. come through. So, mm -hmm. and uh, kind of the last thing, I know you wanted to share some scripture with us. Yeah. And uh, you know, this is the foundation of everything we do here is based on that God loves the world, mm -hmm. every single person. And it, it's his love and the gift of his son, Jesus, that really, in, that were made in his image, that is, is the equalizer. And so uh, go ahead and share some of those scripture with us. Um, the first one is First John uh, chapter 3, verse 18. Mm. Little children, 
let us not love with in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Mm. Yeah. So not just what we say, but with our actions. With our actions. Yeah, Let's good. follow it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And the next one is Proverbs chapter 31, verse 8, out of the New Living Translation. Mm-hmm. Speak up for those who can't speak up for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Mm. Thank you so much. Uh, anything else you want to say before you go? No. You're good. And so <laughs> thank you so much. One other resource that I want to mention, if you're like, hey, I want to learn more. I don't know what to do. I want to do more. Uh, this is a great resource. It's, it's a book called Be the Bridge. It's actually an organization, kind of a movement uh, written by a, a Christian woman of color. Her name is Latasha Morrison. And uh, the, the subtitle is Pursuing God's Heart for Racial, Racial Reconciliation. And she really comes at it from a unique perspective because she is a black woman. But she also has in her family, she has some military members in her family, and she also has some police officers in her family. So she's kind of hitting all these different aspects, and she blends it together so well and really talks about God's heart for reconciliation. So um, if you kind of want to know what a next step for you would be, I would encourage you to uh, check this resource out. So we're going to say thank you, Linda, and let Linda leave the stage. And we're going to kind of get ready for our final conversation. And uh, this, uh, so I appreciate you staying with us. If you're, uh, if you're like me and you're kind of this uh, single track mind that, that really struggles with multitasking, today might be a little haphazard for you. So do your best to stay with us. But we had our community discussion. We had our kids discussion. Uh, we just had a really, really important conversation that uh, even with Linda, we just decided Friday and Saturday to have, to have this conversation uh, because it deals with the reality that we're dealing with. And the final conversation, which we've been talking about this uh, for a few weeks and excited to have uh, Kim and Tom join us, is to talk about mental health or mental illness and how that even looks a little different now that we are, um, that we've kind of been in this stay at home isolation thing uh, for a couple months. So I'm going to set the stage of the conversation, then we'll let you guys introduce yourselves and define some terms for us. But pre-COVID-19, before the uh, coronavirus pandemic, the uh, National Alliance of of Mental Illness, their research said that approximately one in five adults uh, in the U.S., so one in five adults, almost 47 million adults experience mental illness each year, and that was pre-COVID-19. The World Health Organization, their stats said that one in four or 25% of people worldwide will experience a mental mental health issue um, each year. So what, is, what does it look like now? Now, it's, it's hard to get really clear numbers, but talking with you guys and even doing some research with other people and online, uh, it really seems like that there's significant and sustained uh, symptoms of mental health issues, of mental illness, of depression, of anxiety that have been happening the last couple months because of this increased isolation. So here's our goal for, t- goal for today. Is, uh, and these guys are going to talk about this. We want to reduce the stigma We want to reduce the shame that a lot of times is associated with mental health, and we want to encourage people to seek help just like they would for any other illness. And we believe that the church should be leading the way in this, in rejecting the stigma, rejecting the irrational fears, rejecting the shame that a lot of time is associated with this. So that's the situation. We feel like it's on a rise because of what's been happening in the last few months and last few weeks, and we want to speak some truth and some health into that situation. So uh, you guys are the experts or the professionals, and so why don't you start with Kim. Why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself and your work in this area. 
I'm Kim Knowlton, and my husband and I, Damon Knowlton, we come to this church. You might have seen us around with our daughters, mainly Kelsey, who is a junior this year in Niles High School, and our daughter, Daria, our oldest, is um, up at Grand Valley in Allendale. I am a school psychologist. I work with Barry and Risa, which is Regional Educational Service Agency. That is up in Berrien Springs. I've been a school psychologist with them for, this is my 31st year. Oh, wow, that's great. So quite that's a great. while. Working mostly with special needs students and special needs families, and a lot of that does deal with mental health. Yeah, very good. Thank you for joining us. And Tom, uh, a lot of you in the Edwardsburg, Michiana community would know Tom. He doesn't, he goes to a different church, so you may not know him in our church, uh, but a great friend of our family, of our community. And so Tom, introduce yourself for us. Thank you, James. Uh, my name's Tom Pebriza, and uh, as James said, I'm, uh, I'm actually a native of the community here. Um, I attend Our Lady of the Lake Catholic Church, and for about the last 23 years, I've worked for Woodlands Behavioral Health Care, which is Cass County's Community Mental Health Center. Prior to that, I've worked uh, for the former Madison Center, which is now Oaklawn Services, um, but I worked um, specifically out of the Center for the Homeless down oh, in South great. Bend, yeah. and we had outreach for mental health clients down there. That's great. That's great. So a lot of 30 years experience with each one of them in different arenas related to mental health, mental issues. So, so I've been saying that word. I've been saying the phrase mental health or mental illness, uh, but we should probably define that, right? So Kim, why don't you go first? How would you define uh, mental health or more specifically mental illness? How would you define that for us? Well, I'll start with mental health. Mental health to me would mean it's a state of well-being where you are just able to effectively cope with life circumstances. Mm -hmm. Circumstances socially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Um, and then when you're not able to, that would be mental illness, okay. where your coping, coping mechanisms, they break down, or sometimes they go into overdrive. So then you are not able to um, function and, and handle daily life. Good, good. Anything you want to add to that? Um, in terms of mental health, I think Kim said it all. It's, yeah. it's really a, a great encapsulation of what, what good mental health is. Yeah. Um, in terms of mental illness, uh, there are some segments um, that kind of happen. I work primarily with folks who have chronic and persistent mental illness. Okay. That would be familiar to most folks as bipolar disorder, Got it. schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder. Mm -hmm. um, those tend to be a little more physiologically based and uh, require some more significant treatment. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that also is, is a segment of mental illness. I think that a lot of folks are Right, right. And uh, so maybe even on the other end of the spectrum, you know, maybe some severe depression or anxiety or things like that could be mental health or even some things that could, could lead up to suicide. That would all be under this arena, right? Right. Okay. So, so that's kind of defining it. Um, and one of the things I know you guys w really wanted to share were, uh, you know, we talked about reducing the stigma or reducing the shame that's a lot of times culturally associated with mental illness. Uh, and one of the things that can help us do that is talking about some common myths. So we'll let you start with this one, Tom, but uh, what are some common myths about mental illness that you would like to say, this is not true? Okay. Um, well, in terms of, I'll speak first more directly to kind of the, the uh, folks that I work with yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, a very common stigma is that folks with severe and persistent mental illness are dangerous. Okay. Um, statistics have borne out that in, on the population as a whole, they're less dangerous okay. than those of us so-called healthy people. Right, <laughs> um, right, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's not to say that there isn't 
aberrations to that on both sides. But um, that's a real common stigma. Um, and I think for me, another one, when we look at more at the depression and anxiety levels, um, is that I think people that experience that initially are going to feel like um, some, it might be a moral failing, it might be a personal inability, a personal weakness. Um, and it tends to exacerbate those Got it. those symptoms. Got it. Yeah. And, uh, and they just need to know that that's not true. Good. That's not true. Yeah. It would be really rare if none of us ever experienced anxiety or depression in our lives. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That that I like what you said. That that we all deal with this to one level or another. Right. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, anything you want to add, Kim? Um, probably one of the things I hear. Oh, may, if you're, you're mentally ill, that means you're crazy. It does <laughs> not mean you're crazy. Um, again, if we go back to what mental health is, it means you're able to cope with life. If you are mentally ill, that system has broken down in your, in, in, right. your, in your mentality. So we just need to help somebody in that circumstance to what can we do to help them function better? What can we do to help them build those coping mechanisms back up? Yeah, good, good. All right, so we'll stay with you, Kim. So uh, in your opinion, what is the current state of mental health, specifically related to the COVID-19 pandemic? Um, has it been the same? Have you seen a rise? What, what is the same or different kind of the last two, two and a half months? I think personally in terms of what I've seen in families is it kind of depends on the family circumstances. Okay. If people have been able to, for instance, if, if um, parents have still been able to have an income, if they have supports to help with their kids, if there are children in the home, I think their level of mentality has, has stayed pretty good. Um, Unfortunately, there are other circumstances where either parents have lost their jobs, they don't have family support, where then things have broken down. And I think nationally, we've seen that a lot where because we've been cooped up at home, because we have all these constraints, if there's a moment to try to get out and do things, sometimes, again, it's, it's gone a little haywire. Right. You look at Lansing with some right. of the marches, things like that, even nowadays. Um, it's, I think we have to be really careful about trying to make sure we have supports. Yeah, good, good. What would you like to add to that? Um, yeah, I would agree with Kim. I think on the whole, and even prior, I think, to the COVID-19, we, we're seeing an increase in um, just the generalized um, level of anxiety, mm -hmm. levels of depression, yeah. um, certainly levels of substance use and abuse yeah. um, it, through our agency. Yeah. And, uh, and then add on to that the COVID and the pandemic um, with people facing job loss, facing income loss, facing uncertainty. Yeah. It, it, it's only continued to increase. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. there are also, I think, societal impacts, obviously, that were there prior to the whole pandemic. Yeah, I think you're right. That, that, yeah. um, that contribute. So maybe this is even revealed it's kind of peeled a layer back of what was already there. Even I think that's the a great, a great yeah, you know, analogy. Yeah, yeah I think um, even before, you know, working with middle school and high school students, um, there's been a few larger churches that would uh, survey their students and say, hey, what topics would you like us to cover in youth ministry? What are you really struggling with? And stress and anxiety were the top of the list right. for these middle school and high school students. So I think you're, I think you're right in that. Uh, it, it, was, it was here before, and kind of the, the support's been peeled away for a lot of us, and right. so it's... And so that can be a negative, and maybe it could also be a positive where now we can, we can deal with the reality of, exactly. of what's going on. Exactly. So, so let's talk about um, uh, trying to offer people help, or let's say it this way. Uh, what are some best practices? If I want to improve my mental health, 
what are some best practices I could be doing, um, our listeners or, or viewers could be doing to improve their mental health? Let me start with you, Kim. Um, I'll just start with some practical ones. I think yeah. Tom can go into more of, of the, if, if you're on the next level of needing yeah. mental health. Um, one is, which we've been saying it all along, uh, decrease that screen time. Yeah. Um, even though it's fun and it's exciting and there's riveting stuff, when you go onto social media, you got to limit yourself because you can be overwhelmed. <laughs> um, another one that's a main focus that I've heard when I've been um, listening to articles and reading articles and things like that is you need to keep a routine. Mm. Even though, especially actually, not even though, especially in this time of upheaval, keeping a schedule, keeping a routine, trying to have some sameness and stability in your life, that's going to help ground you. Um, if all else is going kind of haywire, at least you know, okay, uh, this is what my routine is going to be for the day. Yeah, yeah. Even if that means getting out of your sleep PJs into your daytime PJs. Uh, right, even right, a routine yes. like that, just yeah. changing clothes. It, it, for it one helps. of my kids, he puts his pants over his PJs to walk the dog. There so. you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and another thing is just getting outside, being in nature. There's more and more studies about just being in that green environment, in yes. that natural environment, yeah. whether you're exercising, whether it's a, a, a leisurely stroll, get out in nature. That mm -hmm. is very healthy for, yeah. the, for the system. Yeah, I, I was reading something this week, and they said 15 minutes a day in the sun, or you know, mm -hmm. or the pretend sun in Michigan sometime, but it's up there <laughs> when we can't see it. No, that's great. Um, and yeah, do you want to even talk maybe a bit more of the chronic stuff too, some best practices? Sure, yeah. sure. Um, some of the basic best practices, obviously, that our agency uses in terms of, say, um, more of a traditional therapy that you yeah. would understand would be uh, CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy. That's, mm -hmm. that's a pretty basic one across the board, and what that entails is, um, you correct me if I'm wrong, i <laughs> more an expert on that, but um, is um, essentially kind of beginning to explore your thought patterns and mm -hmm. change those mm -hmm. and how you cognitively see things. Yeah, and where might that be leading you in a more negative way? Right. right. Um, for more severe and persistent issues, obviously we we offer psychiatric evaluation, um, and for a lot of folks, medication therapy is, is essential. Um, yeah. It, it's uh, again, that's not a sign of, of moral weakness or right. an inability right. to, yeah. to deal with your problems. Sometimes yeah. that is essential. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said about the the cognitive behavioral therapy. You know, in Romans, kind of the, the Bible lingo, it talks about renewing your mind. Right. And that's kind of what it is. You're renewing your mind. You're exactly. changing your thought patterns. And um, that's great. That's great. Uh, so this kind of a piggyback into that, you both said, hey, here's some good practices to improve your mental health. Uh, is there anything you kind of you kind of added to limit the screen time, but anything else we could be avoiding that could contribute to decreased mental health? Anything else you guys wanted to add to that? Um, I would say one of the things is m not getting enough sleep. Oh, okay, yes, um, yes. Again, more and more studies are showing that people need sleep. Teenagers need even more sleep than like regular adults do. Yeah. Um, eight to nine hours a night, I'm horrible at this, so <laughs> I'm not taking my own advice. But um, that is a huge thing you can do to make sure that, that you combat um, the depression, mental illness, mm -hmm. feelings of anxiety, feel, uh, any of that. Yeah. Um, another thing is don't overthink things and think, oh, now that I've got time off, I should be doing this, this, and this, and right, this. Right, right. Even yeah. though we have more time, James, it doesn't necessarily mean that emotionally 
we have the effort Got that it. we can put into yeah. things. So you yeah. may be, especially again, if you're overdoing on Facebook, things like that, you're seeing people, oh, I've done this, I'm baking this, I'm doing, <laughs> I, I'm remodeling my home. And maybe you're thinking, oh, why aren't, I'm not doing any of that. Yeah. It's okay. If your circumstances are that emotionally or just without your family circumstances, you can't handle a big project, that's okay. Yeah. Just do what you need to do, do your routine, get things by, and yeah. take care of your kids and your family. Yeah, so I think what I hear you saying is like, uh, be gentle with yourself or give yourself some grace, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know, while we're giving, we're giving you these best practices, don't be like, I gotta do all 10 of these right now. No, give yourself some grace, be gentle with yourself. I like that, good. Mm -hmm. Anything else to avoid, Tom? I agree with that. Um, I, I think if there's one maybe positive that you can bring out of this, this pandemic is mm -hmm. it's opened up a space, I think, for um, opportunity to maybe um, kind of enter some contemplation. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Term we use. Yeah. Catholic Church. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, guys yeah. use it too. Yeah. But um, some contemplative space. Yes. And I yeah. think that's that's just so vital and essential for us um, in in any walk of life. Yeah. And we don't do that. I think that's as Americans, I think we're probably more prone to that oh, than yeah. in other places. Yeah. You're right. It's You're always right. Yeah. accomplishment goals um, yeah you gotta take a step back that's why we get all our best ideas in the shower right because right. we, we have space to think right exactly. we're on a walk yeah exactly. absolutely absolutely right. okay as we kind of uh start to kind of wind things down here for this segment um uh, as a follower of jesus what scripture could you share to offer hope um or encouragement to people who are uh wherever they are in this this spectrum they're depressed they're anxious um you know, maybe they have some chronic things wherever they are on, on the on the on the pendulum. Uh, what what would you say to them? Kind of some Bible support or encouragement. The first thing to remember is just even though we're in some turbulent times, some unknown times, God is in control. Yeah. We may not see why or how, but He is. Yeah. And my favorite verse uh, kind of goes along with that. It's Psalm 27. Mm -hmm. It's this is the King James version. Some yeah. trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our mm -hmm. God. Yeah. That again. God is in control. Yeah, good, good. Go ahead, Tom. Um, I like a good Catholic. I can't quote you first. You're good, you're good, so, yeah. Um, no, what you said was really good about Paul, right? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think, yeah, for me, that, that's maybe a, a, one of the most profound truths in all of Scripture is Paul's admonition that when I'm weak, I'm strong. Yes, yes. Um, I think our human weakness and fallibility is really the leveling ground mm -hmm. that we as, as yes. a human race live yeah. on. And we forget that a lot of times because think that, that our, our, our identity should be shown in success, yes. achievement. Mm -hmm. um, and that takes us away from each other, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. I've learned that being around folks um, who live impoverished lives. I think that, that that's one thing that they've given me so much, is that yeah. human weakness is our, our human bonding agent. Yeah. It and necessitates yeah. in us mercy, forgiveness, Absolutely. humility. Yes. Yes. And, and really, I think what, what the last couple months for a lot of us is it took away um, the mirage that we had of control, right? We, right. We've never really been in control, but right. we've kind of felt like we have been. Mm -hmm. And when that was stripped away, um, hopefully it will lead us to a greater dependence on God, less on ourselves, really like, hey, I, I, I can't figure this out. I can't understand it all. I don't know what the next thing to do is. And so our brokenness, our sin, our weakness, 
you know, then we're not trusted in those chariots and those horses, like you said in Psalms, and we're remembering where our focus goes off of ourselves and it goes to God because because we need Him. And that's that's good. I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, one final question for both of you. Maybe you can list a couple of these. Um, who, if someone out there says, "I I want to learn more," maybe I need some help. I want to do some research, some education. Uh, who could they reach out to? And for those of you who are watching, uh, the things they mention, even a few that they haven't mentioned, we will put that out there for you as a resource page, so you can uh, learn some more or reach out to someone if you if you could if you need some help. But uh, Tom, what about you? What are a couple places or resources people could look to for help in this area? Um, online, our agency. If you go to woodlandsbehavioralhealth.org.org, yeah. um, our website has many links. We also have a 24-7, um, 24-hour, seven days a week um, crisis number. Oh, great. Um, yeah. We have what we call a warm line, basically. So when you call, you go through a tree a little bit, but um, if you need to, you can be put in touch with a uh, counseling service that will do some phone triage with you. As to oh, what's going great. On. great. Also, um, and I think you mentioned it, uh, National Alliance for the Mentally Ill, NAMI is, is their acronym. Um, their website is huge um, in terms of mental health resources. Uh, and also, plenty of apps. Um, I didn't mention mindfulness is a big thing yeah. today, and that yeah. kind of the, yeah. goes back to that contemplation. And, yeah. um, there's tons of those. All you got to do is Google my Right, yeah, and you'll yeah, find that's it. great. That's great. Yeah, what would you like to add, Kim? Um, so Woodlands would be for Cass County. I live in Berrien County, so Berrien County, the equivalent of that would be Riverwood Mental mm -hmm. Health Center. Um, they also have a 24-hour hotline, and um, they have a branch in Benton Harbor, their main branch, and they also have a branch in Niles, and you can go online, find their numbers or their website. Um, I guess another thing for me is I am a podcast freak. I oh, listen yeah. to podcasts. Yeah literally daily <laughs> um, the, and there's a couple of them I find really helpful one is called the happiness lab and it just goes through this is this is not from a Christian perspective but it does go through in terms of things that we people think oh this is gonna make me happy getting a better job doing this doing that it helps dispel those myths and it helps give what we need on a daily basis and um, another one is savvy psychologist mm -hmm. and then another one if you're more interested in like the actual COVID stuff there's one called Life's Little Mysteries, and every Friday they have kind of like a COVID roundup where they go through the research for the week and then question and answer time. Good, good. And uh, so they mentioned a couple Michigan locations. For those in Indiana, uh, we have some people in our church that work at Oaklawn. Uh, down mm -hmm. in Elkhart and Goshen, kind of all over the place. And that's a great resource if you're kind of down in, in the Indiana area. And so like I mentioned before, we'll put that all out for you this week. And uh, we really want you to, to get help if you need it. Uh, just kind of a, a couple closing thoughts here as we kind of wrap our whole day of lots of different conversations up. I just want to share a couple of scripture verses with you. Um, the first one from, from Psalm 34, 18. Um, really, I think here's, here's a couple things I want to say. God sees you and is with you. So God sees you and is with you. And God is close to those who are suffering. All throughout the Bible, all throughout scripture, um, God talks about how he's near or he's close. Here's what this verse says. It says, God is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. So you might be listening today and you might feel like your spirit is crushed. You can't breathe. You might feel like you're brokenhearted. Well, God says, hey, I'm especially close to you. And then in Psalm 145, 18, says, the Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. 
So, uh, you know, I've been there. We don't know what else to do. And you just call out to God. God's like, hey, that's what I want. I want you to call out to me. I hear you. I'm close to you. And then Romans 8, I love, I love this passage. Um, it says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So you might be in a really uh, dark or a deep place right now where you can't even like verbalize what's going on inside you. You, you. you don't have the words to say to a friend or to a counselor or even to God. Well, what God says here, it's, it's like the Holy Spirit like makes sounds for you or makes, makes these spiritual groanings, these words for you. It's almost like he translates the feelings that are in your heart and your soul that, that you can't put words to. He, he translates that to God the Father. So God sees you. God is with you. If you're suffering, God is close to those who are suffering. So kind of wrapping this all up, the, the struggle with mental illness, um, it shouldn't be a source of shame or something to be kept hidden. You know, the church, we want our church to be a place of safety and community where, where those who are struggling can be honest, where you can ask people to rally around you in prayer and support, and, and you can be assisted in seeking professional help. So we've talked about a lot today. We've talked about students and kids and race and mental illness. And I don't know about you, but maybe you've seen a, a post that says, I wish 2020 could be canceled. Like, it's just been a rough year. Or there's kind of a meme out there with the Back to Future crew where they're like, whatever you do, don't set the car to 2020, you know? <laughs> but my wife shared with this with me the other day, and I thought I'd kind of close with this before we pray. Um, what if 2020 isn't canceled? What if 2020 isn't canceled? What if 2020 is the year we've been waiting for? A year so uncomfortable, so painful, so scary, so raw that it finally forces us to grow. A year that screams so loud, finally awakening us from our ignorant slumber. A year we finally accept the need for change, declare change, work for change, become the change. A year we finally band together instead of pushing each other further apart. 2020 isn't canceled, but rather the most important year of them all. And that's by Leslie Dwight. So, you know, Tom mentioned this, that, that this current crisis has maybe revealed some things that, that we've been able to be open and honest about that we haven't been before. And God works in the openness, the honesty. God works in the brokenness. And hopefully you've been given some hope today. Hopefully you've been given some encouragement to keep learning, to keep growing. And really the foundation of everything is the gospel. It's the good news of how you and I can have a relationship with God by believing in Jesus' death and his resurrection in our place for our sins. So we invite you on that journey with us even today. So thank you so much, Kim. Thank you so much, Tom, uh, for being with us. I'm going to close us in prayer, and then we're going to send you out this week to uh, make 2020 better. Allow it to change you and grow you, make you better, the people around you better, really by sharing God's love, by loving God and loving others. So let's pray together. Father, you know, if we're being honest, sometimes the current situation around us can seem overwhelming and confusing, and it can just bring up a whole range of different emotions and feelings. And we bring that all to you today because, like we've said already today, you're in control, you're in charge, you're accomplishing your purposes, even if we can't see it or understand it. So we, we give it all to you, and we also uh, claim our responsibility to 
uh, maybe repent for some wrongdoings, maybe to educate ourselves, to learn some more, and also going forward to make uh, good choices. And Father, if there's anybody watching or listening today that doesn't know you, uh, we pray that you would speak to them clearly and that they would begin this relationship with you by believing in Jesus and his death and resurrection. So encourage those who need encouragement today. Father, lift them up, give them hope, help them to uh, believe for the first time, help them to trust you again wherever they are in their journey. Just help them to take that next step. And we are just so grateful that you love us, that you're with us through all this, this craziness going around, and we trust you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor James Solerick of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.